Let me take you back. Back to a time of innocence. A time before television. A time where the whole family would gather around the radio to listen to their favorite radio program. Anything from Fibber McGee and Molly to Jack Benny. So let me take you back in an old-time radio comedy time machine. Available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Come in. Welcome. I'm Tammy Grimes. A famous biologist once pointed out that as certain living organisms, like the amoeba, never die, death, as we know it, is neither natural nor inevitable. As we grow older, our bodies change. Our memory becomes a little less dependable. But for a good many, our minds remain as sharp as ever. What an exciting world it would be if by some wizardry our bodies hardly changed and suddenly found ourselves living, say, twice as long as most of us do now. Possible? Maybe. Exciting? But maybe not. Don't just say, Jerry, three score and ten years is not long enough for the kind of life we live these days. It's only because we're willing to accept death rather than to go on living that we're cut off before our real work is done. Hmm. Original idea, Vic. I tell you, Jerry, one of these days it's going to happen. We'll all live at least twice as long as we do now. And when that happens, I'm going to do everything I can to see that I'm part of it. <laughs> Our mystery drama, The Different People, was especially written for the Mystery Theater by Arnold Moss. It stars Christopher Tabori. I'll be back in a moment with Act One. Hi, Pat Summerall to say that warm weather means you'll be getting out more often and probably using your car more often. So make sure it's ready to go with car care values from True Value Hardware Stores. They offer high-quality Valvoline motor oil, plus kits for tune-ups and minor body work. And no matter how old your car is, you can give it a showroom shine with new Turtle Wax Minute Wax that requires no waiting or rubbing. You'll find these and many other car care values in the automotive department of participating True Value Hardware Stores and Home Centers, where you'll find values in every department. Lots of friends are dropping by, summer comes in store. With picnic time and camping time, it's country time for sure. Before you all get thirsty, here's a tip that should be made. Get a drink that tastes like good old fashioned lemonade. Country time! Country time! Get down to your store for plenty of country time lemonade flavor drinks. Look for the country time coupon in this Sunday's paper. Tastes like good old fashioned lemonade. Boy, oh boy, the designer store for boys and young men at Northland and Eastland Centers is holding the most incredible suit sale ever. Right now, suits by Pierre Cardin and other designers are all on special sale for $79.95 or less. Nothing costs more than $79.95 at Boy Oh Boy. If your boy needs a suit for graduation or any occasion, take advantage of this never again designer suit sale before it ends June 15th. You'll choose from hundreds and hundreds of suits in boys and young men's sizes. Every suit is from Pierre Cardin or other famous designers. Nubby linen textures, ice cream shades, shiny chinos, lightweight gabardines. Every designer suited boy oh boy is $79.95 or less. Nothing costs more. Layaways available. You'll even get a $5 discount at all Pierre Cardin pants, too, at boy oh boy. Northland and Eastland. Alterations at cost. The word anthropology comes from two Greek words. Anthropos, meaning human, and logos, meaning word or the study of. Anthropology is therefore the study of the human race. The science that deals with the origins, the development, the racial characteristics, the social customs and beliefs of all mankind. Two young men, Alan Bick Bixby 
and Jerry Hansen are on the teaching staff of the anthropology department of a large university. They are sharing an old house off campus that they have just rented. <laughs> Easy does it, Jerry. Vic, I, I think we put too many books in this cart. No, it's just a couple of more steps here. It must be those two big volumes of Kraber's Anthropology. <laughs> and all the Margaret Mead books. <laughs> Mead's books aren't all that heavy. Stop complaining, Jerry. After all, I'm the one who's going up these steps backwards. Oh, okay. We can put it down now. Uh, right, right here. Ooh, what a relief. Oh, certainly beats taking the books up here one by one into what's going to be our library. Where do you suppose the owners of this place built their bookshelves way up here on this top floor landing? <sighs> Who knows? Maybe they wanted to hide them. Maybe they didn't like books. Mm. We're going to have to clean out most of this junk before we can put the books into the shelves. Yeah, we can stash most of the stuff in that big empty closet at the end of the hall. Oh, that's a good idea. Why don't we start with this little monster over here? Uh, this, uh, I don't know, foot locker, chest, whatever you call it. Grab onto the handle, Jerry. Okay. I'll get the one on the side. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, oh, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. The, the top of this thing came open. It wasn't locked. Hmm. What do you suppose is in it? That's really none of our business, Professor Hansen. True, but aren't you curious, Professor Bixby? Just the slightest bit curious? <laughs> Jerry, stop twisting my arm. Well, then let's take a look. What do you know? Well, it's just a lot of paper. Oh, no, this is a lot more than paper. They're packets of letters, old letters. Dozens and dozens of them. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Most of them seem to be addressed to the same person... Mrs. Timothy Partridge. Oh, handle them carefully, Jerry. They're ready to fall apart. Oh, hey, hey, here's one without an envelope. Look at the date on it. May 14th, 1865. 1865? A letter written, what, 115, 120 years ago? I don't believe it. Listen to this. May 14th, 1865. Somewhere in Virginia, my dearest wife, Amantha, this terrible war is finally over. A little over a month ago, Lee surrendered to Grant at a, at a place, place called, called Appomattox. With luck, I should be home within a week. Two men under my company command, the Kennecott brothers, John and Matthew, will be joining us with their wives. My dearest love, I've never written you a letter like this before, but something strange has happened to the three of us. Although the men in our company were all exposed to the same bullets, the same diseases that wounded or killed so many of them, only the three of us are coming out of this war completely untouched. We've asked ourselves how this could have happened, and we think we have the answer. Vic, why are you stopping? It's the bottom of the page. He goes on here on the second page. No, no, no careful with the paper. It could crumble right in your hand. We may just have been lucky with the odds in our favor. But I think it was something else. I can't tell you in this letter what that answer is because you'd think we were all of us out of our minds. One thing we do know. Once we get home, we're going to pull up roots with you, our wives, and go someplace far away where we'll see no one. Where no one will see us or even find us. Far away. Maybe out west somewhere. This is fantastic. Read on, Beck. Why are we doing this? Where are we headed? Reread verse 10 of the 90th Psalm. And after that, verse 5 of the 39th Psalm. And then verse 26 of the 5th chapter of the book of Job. Well, what is this? You didn't put the King James Bible into one of these cartons, I hope. Well, I saw it downstairs on the living room table. And finally... The first verse of the second chapter of the book of Ezra. With this letter, probably the last I shall write before seeing you again, I send you, my dearest Amantha, all my love and blessings. Your devoted husband, Timothy Partridge, Captain, U.S. Army. Huh. What do you make of it, Dick? I don't know. But Captain Tim was obviously up to something funny. And he has given us a couple of clues. Let's go down and see just how good the good book can be for us. Psalm 90, Jerry. Verse 10. 
Um, the days of our years are three score years and ten. And so on and so on. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Now that's clear enough. A man's life is about over when he hits 70. Now, verse 5, Psalm number 39. Yeah. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Which is a very poetic way of saying that the length of a man's life is nothing when measured against the endlessness, the deathlessness of God. You're pretty poetic too, Jerry. <laughs> but uh, none of this tells us very much about old Captain Tim, does it? What was the next quotation? Uh, a book of Job, chapter 5, verse 26. Job is just before the Psalms, isn't it? Well, what I know. Ah, uh, yeah. Here we are. Chapter 7, 6, Five, uh, verse 26. Thou shalt come to thy grave in a full age as a shock of corn cometh in in his season. He seems to be harping on the idea that a man's normal life ends at about 70 and implies, I think, that that's not long enough. Wouldn't that be something if you and I could live to, oh, say, 150 I'd give anything for that. You would? After all, three score and ten is not long enough for the kind of life we live today. Maybe it's only because we're willing to accept death rather than to go on living that cuts us off before our real work is half done. Mm, original idea. I tell you, Jerry, I'm convinced that one of these days it's going to happen. We'll, all of us, live twice as long as we do now. And when it does happen... I'm going to do everything I can to see that I'm a part of it. Bravo, Professor Bixby, and I hope you get your wish. Now, can we get back with the book of Ezra? The letter said, chapter 2, verse 1. Now, these are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity, and so forth, and came again unto Jerusalem, Everyone unto his city. Hmm. Well, what do you make of that, Professor? I think the captain was trying to tell his wife something about the possibility of his living longer. A lot longer than the Bible's three score and ten. What? He seems to be unhappy that he has only some 70 years to live. You tie that up with the fact that he and his two pals were the only ones in their company who went through four years of war without being touched that tells me something. And Timothy thinks he has the answer. But he doesn't say what it is. He doesn't have to. If for some reason, Partridge and his friends had the idea that they could survive a good many years beyond the allotted 70, and if they managed to do that, well, the rest of the world might consider them as... As uh, so many freaks. Yes, and that would explain why they would want to get away from the rest of society and lead their lives unmolested by curiosity seekers. But if, by some odd chance, uh, what you're reading into old Partridge's letter were even remotely true... Where does the book of Ezra come in? Is that what you were going to say? You read my mind even better than you read Captain Tim's. Here's where. The children go out of captivity. The captivity of leading what they consider to be too short a life. And they... Come again unto Jerusalem. I don't get it. Jerry, Jerry, don't you see? Wherever they settled, wherever they went, I'll bet they called the place Jerusalem. As anthropologists, we owe it to science to investigate this. Investigate what? The Partridge and the others did go out west and did settle in some remote, inaccessible corner of the country in the 1860s for whatever reason. And if that colony should still, by some chance, exist, we'd be witnesses to a culture... A civilization that's grown untouched by the outside world for over a hundred years. And right here in the United States. Oh, Bick, I think you are daydreaming. I, it, it makes absolutely no sense. I'm going to the library to look at some maps. Maps of what? Uh, where do you begin? The letter said, maybe out west somewhere. Oh, Jerry, where would you go if, uh, well, to quote Partridge's letter, if you wanted to find a place where we'll see no one, where no one will see us? Or even find us. Uh, I'd go to the mountains where I could hide out and safety. Exactly. Now, 
And I admit it, it's no more than a hunch. I'm going to go over those maps, old maps, new maps, over every part of the West where there are mountains, looking for... A place called Jerusalem, right? Or better still, maybe a place called New Jerusalem. Vic, I think you are completely off your rock. <laughs> maybe, Jerry, but if I'm not... We may be on the trail of one of the finds of the century. We? Hey, I am going to stay right in this little cozy corner of town. You, dear Bick, are on your own on this wild goose chase, completely on your own. Well, Mule dear, we've been traveling now for two days, climbing over these huge rocks... And still nothing. Mr. Bixby, when you hire me as guide, you remember I promised nothing. Only to follow in direction deep into mountains where my grandfather say he one time saw white men long ago. Well, we'll keep looking for them as long as our ponies hold out. Oh, be most careful, Mr. Bixby. Let pony lead you. He know best where to go. Okay. We come now, Elephant Rock. If you slip and fall off horse, is long way down. Maybe 200 feet, maybe more. Nothing to break fall. I'll be careful. Enter very narrow canyon. Walls of rock very close, both sides. Must dismount, lead ponies. Squeeze through some places. Very tight. And all the time, we keep going higher and higher. When we come out this short passageway, maybe you see sign of what you come here to find. New Jerusalem. I found the name on a very old map. I not no name. Only no stories my old grandfather tell. Maybe you find something. Maybe you find nothing. Oh. I don't know what was that. Someone shoot at you. Maybe, Mr. Bixby, you find something. Something more than you expect. The chief purpose of scientific investigation, we are told, is to penetrate into the darkness that shrouds the unknown. But those who pursue knowledge more often meet with defeat than with success. And yet they keep trying. To what discovery will young Professor Bixby's curiosity lead him? Or is it possible that... But I must not get ahead of myself. I'll return shortly with Act Two. Hot dogs, hot dogs, armor hot dogs. hot dogs. What kind of kids love armor hot dogs? Big kids, little kids, kids who climb on rocks. Fat kids, skinny kids, even kids with chicken pox love hot dogs. Armor hot dogs. The dogs kids love to fight. The dogs kids love to fight. People are standing in line. To go hungry. There is not enough food. The agencies of the Interfaith Hunger Appeal are getting through with food and other aid. Please, help. Give to Interfaith Hunger Appeal, P.O. Box 1000, New York 10150. You are the hope of the hungry. Please, give. A public service of Interfaith Hunger Appeal and the Advertising Council. Hey, Mom, Dad, guess what I'm saying? Apple Basics, floppy disks, graph board. If you can't Soft. guess, the time to learn is now. Computer speak is the language of the future. Prepare yourself and your children. Come to Simtech, your computer knowledge store, for a special two-week program called Family Future Days. It includes Kids Computer Camp, where your kids will become fluent in Apple Basic and Graphforth, a graphics and animation language. For two weeks only, May 17th through the 29th, Simtech offers Apple hardware, software programs, and hands-on classroom education for your kids. And you, for only $2,195, you save over $1,000 on the regular price. There's a free hands-on introduction to Family Future Days this Saturday at Simtech on Maple, just west of Telegraph. Call 855-3990 to register. That's 855-3990. What better place to educate your kids for the future than 
your computer knowledge store. Floppy disks, graph work, software. Modern medicine has already made it possible for the average man or woman to live twice as long today as he or she might have a couple of hundred years ago. Think of the fatal life-shortening diseases of only 50 years ago that are now forgotten killers. Is it then so impossible that at some time in the not-too-distant future, the average life of today could be doubled, even tripled? Young Professor Bixby, in the company of an Indian guide, is searching for a company of people to whom this may already have happened. His investigation is suddenly and dramatically interrupted. What's that? Something shoot at you. That shot came from up there at the top of the ridge. I'm going to see who's there. Maybe a better you not move. Who are you? Why are you shooting at us? We are friends. We mean no harm. Don't move. Either one of you. Stay just where you are. It's a girl. It's a young girl. If you're armed, drop your weapons to your feet. Now, we have no weapons. She's young and pretty. You ever see her before, mule dear? Know she might be? First time I ever come this far. Not know for sure anyone live up here. Who are you, mister? Name is Bixby. I'm a college professor. This is my guide, mule dear. Um, now, will you allow me to ask you a question? What is it? Well, that gun you're aiming at us uh, must be over a hundred years old. Maybe, but it works real fine. I, I don't mean to be rude, Miss. Uh, but, for instance, your clothes, uh, it's like some kind of costume. Old Civil War Union Army cap, officer's blue jacket, full skirt, cavalry boots. That'll be enough, mister. Uh, the name's Bixby. Uh, Bick. Why are you here? What are you looking for? For a man who thought he and some of his friends could live a lot longer than the rest of us. What's he got to do with you? If by some odd chance he might still be living... Up here in these mountains somewhere. You'd like to meet him if he's still around. Is that it? I certainly would. Then maybe tell the whole... If you ever again bring anybody else up oh, here... Oh, I, I go, lady. I go. I don't come back. Never. Now, you... You just walk ahead of me. Keep climbing up. I'll be right behind you. My gun pointed at the back of your head every minute of the way. How much further do we have to go? I'll let you know, mister, when we get there. Whoa. Just watch your footing. Rained last night. The stones are kind of slippery. I wish you'd stop calling me mister. I'm Bick. Well, to my friends. What's your name? Don't turn around. You just keep walking straight ahead. Name's Susanna. Oh, what a pretty name. Right out of the Bible. Susanna, um, what? Keep moving. Tell me something. Yes, ma'am. How did you ever find out there might be people up here who was... who was different? Well, a friend of mine and I, uh, we came across a letter. By pure accident. A letter written to his wife by a Captain Timothy Partridge. It was dated 1865. What of it? Well, there were a couple of things in the letter that led me to believe that the captain and his friends might indeed be, uh, well, what you just called different. And what give you the idea to come here? A couple of hints in the letter itself. I figured that... Oh, Be careful. I'm slipping. There's okay. nothing to hold on to. Susanna, help me. Help! Are you all right? Yeah, 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 I'm fine. I, at least I, I think I am. Try moving your arms and legs real slow, real careful. Yeah, there. Uh, it's, uh, it's not no problem. I can't believe it. No, don't try to get up. Why not? You just took a tumble off that cliff up there. See it? It's a good seventy-five feet, except for a couple of scratches. Nothing seems to be wrong with you. 
why or or how I wasn't hurt, I I can't imagine. Maybe it's the good, clean life I lead, huh? Maybe. But maybe it could be something else. What are you talking about? You'll find out in good time. <laughs> what do you know? None of my equipment was broken. Equipment? Yeah, the instant camera, my flashlight, transistor radio, the audio cassette. I can't understand what you're saying. These, right here. They seem to be intact. Here, let me try the camera. You put that thing down. What are you trying to do? Don't move. There we are. Won't take long. What is that little black box? And what's that one? Oh, boy, you certainly have been out of circulation, Susanna. That's a radio. May not work way up here in the mountains, but it might. What's that? Where's that noise are coming from? I'm turning it off. And what's that? Well, that's a light, a flashlight. You must be some kind of magician. <laughs> Here's your photograph. Photograph? <gasps> that's me. <gasps> that's a picture of me. So it is. Oh, we love folks see them tricks of yours. What folks? Where are we going? Where you said you wanted to go. Why you said you came here in the first place. And you know something, Vic? What's that, Susanna? You're the first person to make it up here in maybe 50, 60 years. 50, 60 years? How would you know? I would know. Now let's get moving. Can we sit down for a minute, Susanna? I suppose. Oh. Oh, you know, I've never seen country like this in my entire life. So beautiful, and yet at the same time, so menacing. Strange silence, except for our voices. Nothing, absolutely nothing. And that's the way we're going to keep it. Keep these mountains the way they was given to us. The trail seems to be winding down. We're getting near. Around the next turn. Wow, fantastic. The ravines, the chasms, the clouds at your feet. <laughs> it's like wandering into another world. A world that's not real. It's real enough. And so are we. Well, there it is. Spread out in front of you. That's New Jerusalem. That's a town square, that open space. The whole town, that seems to be carved right into those walls of red rock. That's so. And what are those big black holes in the sides of the mountain? The entrances to the chambers. Chambers? The big caves where we live. You see that one over there? That's where we're headed. That's where me and my father live. I'll be happy to meet your father. Let's hope he'll be just as happy to meet you. That's him, Vic. Sitting at the table, under the hanging oil lamp. Doesn't he hear us? He doesn't even look up. He doesn't move. He will, when he's good and ready. He's a handsome old man, beard and all. Why do you call him old? What is he, uh, 50 or 55? For people under 30, like you and me, that's beginning to be a little old, wouldn't you agree? What's he reading there with such concentration? Scriptures. He's a real student of the Bible. Susanna, is that you? It's me. You're not alone. No, Daddy. I brought someone with me. A young man. Well, who is he? A stranger. Stranger? But he don't mean us no harm, I'm sure of it. You, stranger, come out of the darkness. Yes, sir. Who are you? What's your name? Why are you here? I'm Alan Bixby. I teach anthropology in one of the big universities. I read a letter written by a Timothy Partridge, a captain in the Union Army, to his wife. It was written a long time ago. The letter intrigued me. It made me want to try to find out what happened to him. Where'd you come across this letter? In the attic of an old house a friend of mine and I had rented. Well, what did the letter mean to you, young man? That the writer thought he had discovered the secret to a much longer life than is given to most of us. And you found your way here in order to discover what that secret was, right? Yes, I suppose so. And once you'd found these odd, these, uh, these different people and discovered how they got that way, you would then go back to the outside world. Pretty soon the newspapers would find their way up here to these mountains and have a high old time at the expense of the people you'd spied on. Am I right? Wait a minute, Daddy. I have good reason to think that... Hold your tongue, Susanna. 
You, college professor. Yes, sir. Do you know who I am? You're Susanna's father. You know my name? Um, no, sir, I, I don't. But I guess... Yes? I guess you might be a descendant of the man who wrote that letter we were talking about some 117 years ago. Daddy, you've got to let me speak. Remember Leviticus 19, verse 34? You're interrupting, girl. Try to remember, Daddy. Leviticus 19, 34. Let's see now. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you. And thou shalt love him as thyself. For ye were a stranger in the land of Egypt. Girl, are you telling me that... Daddy, he's given me good reason to believe he may be one of us. Is that so? Well, we'll have to make sure. Doubly sure. I understand, Daddy. Uh, sir. Yes? You just asked me if I had an idea who you were. I think I know. Oh, well, who am I? The son of... No, no, better still, the grandson of the Captain Timothy Partridge who wrote that letter back in 1865. Am I right? Are you, in fact, sir, the grandson of Captain Timothy Partridge? Young man, I am Captain Timothy Partridge. It's been written that to know how to grow old is the masterwork of wisdom and one of the most difficult chapters in the great art of living. It's also been written that you imagine what you desire, you will what you imagine, and at last you create what you will. I'll be back shortly with Act Three. Thank you. Quick, open that package. The Metamucil? Quick, honey, we're still in the store. Right now, you could win big in Metamucil's instant richest sweepstakes. See specially marked packages for game cards and entry details. You can win up to $10,000 or valuable shopping sprees. And there's something for everyone. 40 cents off my next purchase of Metamucil. Let's buy another. People are staring. Play Metamucil's instant richest sweepstakes while supplies last. Void where prohibited by law, no purchase necessary. Read label and follow directions. Weekdays on CBS Television. Wake up to comedy with One Day at a Time. You really think you're hot stuff, don't you, Shiner? Ladies in this building, don't call me super for nothing. Then, keep laughing as Mel lays down the law on Alice. There is only one rule in the restaurant business, Vera. Get them to swallow it. And... <laughs> the Price is Right with the priceless Bob Barker. That's One Day at a Time. Alice and The Price is Right. Weekdays on CBS Television. Check your local listings for the time. When you want to see a newer used car, think of this. The Troy Motor Mall is one place where you can see, test drive, buy, and service almost every kind of car. Oldsmobile, Pontiac, Chrysler, Plymouth, Lincoln, Mercury, Buick, Chevrolet, Toyota, GMC, truck, Volkswagen, and Ford. Over 3,000 in stock at any one time. Nine different dealers, each in the top five in their class, all competing for your business. The next time, make one convenient stop and see them all. The Troy Motor Mall, Maple Road near Coolidge in Troy. Roll call! <laughs> And new and used cars than anywhere else. Under the stars, the biggest automotive center in the whole wide world. Troy Motor Mall. Maple Road, that's 15 mile between Coolidge and Crooks in Troy. We have all heard about the mountain climber who struggles foot by foot up the slopes of a nearly vertical mountain in order to reach its summit. When he is asked why he risks his neck to inch his way up to the highest peak, he says, because the mountain was there. Somewhere in the Rockies, the mountains were there over a hundred years ago for a small group of men and women with a determined dedication to life. Big Bixby who has fought his way into these mountains in search of knowledge, is enjoying a ride over the waters of a calm, cold mountain lake. His companion, young, pretty Susanna. 
Tell me more, Beck, about the world. The outside world where you come from. Tell me more about them magic things. They're <laughs> a part of that world. I'd rather hear you talk. About your father, about the rest of the people. About you. Not now, Vic. Not now. Tell me again about how you talk to people 10, 20 miles away. Oh, 10, 20, 100, 1,000 miles away. <laughs> Tell me. Well, you just pick up part of the instrument, signal a number, and instantly you're speaking to the person you want to talk to. It's called the telephone. That's wonderful. <laughs> now tell me again about the lights. Well, like I said, no oil lamps like the ones you have in the cave. No, you just press a button, it clicks, and everything lights up like a thousand oil lamps. Electricity. <laughs> I would give anything to see some of them things for myself. Maybe you can, Susanna. No, Vic. That would never be possible. Not for me. I could take you with me. I couldn't go. Oh, but there's no reason on earth that you couldn't come with me when I leave here. If you leave here. What's that? What, 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 what's happening, Susanna? Here's where the lake opens up. Goes down into the river. Oh, those rapids down there are pretty mean looking. S Susanna, what, what are you doing? We, we've got to turn back. Give me those oars. I'm going straight ahead, Vic. Into those angry waters? You can't do that. We'll both be smashed to smithereens. Here we go. Susanna, we'll, we'll be drowned. Where do you think you're going? Heading for that big rock. You're out of your mind. The boat's being tossed around like an eggshell. I can't hold on, Susanna. Now help me. Help, help me, Susanna. I don't want you to drown in these waters, Dick. Please don't drown. Show me. Show me that you belong with us. Lucky man, Mr. Bixby. Lucky indeed, Captain Partridge. How I survived in those waters, I've no idea. You survived because you willed yourself into survival. Well, I'm glad you did. Susanna, that was no accident, was it? You purposely rode the boat into those rapids. You intentionally tipped the boat so that I'd be thrown overboard. Did you or didn't you? I suppose I did. But why? Why, Susanna? To test you. What, what kind of test was that? I could have drowned. I could have been crushed to a pulp against those sharp rocks. Oh, no, young man. The fact that you're here proves that you couldn't. You are one of us, Dick. One of what you would call the different people. And if I hadn't been? Sit down, Mr. Bixby. Tell me, when did you first realize that the span of three score and ten was not enough for you? That your work, whatever it is, needed more time for its completion? I, I'm not sure. I, I do remember once saying to a colleague of mine that it was only because we are willing to accept death that we're cut off, uh, cut off right in the middle of our life's work. You believe that the time might possibly come when you might live twice as long as the people around you? That it could happen to you? Yeah, I, I guess I did. You know, Captain Partridge, when I get back to what you and Susanna call the outside world, they're just not going to believe this place exists. Or even that you exist. When you get back... Well, they'll want proof. They'll think I'm crazy that all this, uh, this town carved into mountains, you, Susanna, all of you, are things that exist only in my... my mad imagination. You won't have to convince anyone, Mr. Bixby. Because none of that'll happen. Of course it will. Bick, listen to my daddy. He knows. It won't happen, Mr. Bixby, for the simple reason that you're not leaving here. Ever. My father means what he says. Don't try to cross him. But I have obligations. I have work to do. Get to stay here? No, I can't. If he says so, you will. You're talking to me as if I were a child. I'm 29 years old. I'm a grown man. And that's not important. The world has got to know about you. Now, you listen to me, young man, and listen hard. All of us here have sworn never to leave this place. Never again to expose ourselves to the... Poisons of the world you come from. For thy people have corrupted themselves. Exodus chapter 32, verse 7. Further, if your outside world ever did anything to disturb our lives, to, to penetrate our secrets... What would happen? You'd provoke us into doing something we might all regret. Something you'd never think could happen. And you, Mr. Bixby, would be responsible... You just remember that. Will you come with me, Susanna? I can't. 
My father's just told you why. And one thing more. You take a good look at Susanna here. In your world back there, you all grow physically older four times as fast as we do up here. You get what I'm saying? Four times as fast. Now, Mr. Bixby, would you be good enough to pick up the family Bible on the table over there? Hey, careful, careful with it. It's very old. Kindly open the front cover. Run your finger down the list of names with the dates of their birth. You find the name Susanna? There's only one. Yeah, here it is. Would you please read what it says? Susanna Partridge, daughter, born to Timothy and Amantha Partridge, New Jerusalem, January 28th, 1871. 1871. More than 110 years ago, Mr. Bixby. 110 years. Mr. Bixby has dropped the family Bible, Susanna. Would you kindly pick it up? I'm leaving here tomorrow at sunrise. You'll never find your way down, Dick. Uh, don't worry about me. Your place is here. You belong to us now. I don't belong to anyone, Captain. You remember the sacred oath I spoke of? You remember I said something terrible would happen if anyone broke that oath? I haven't sworn any oath. There is no oath that binds me. The world has to know about you, Captain Partridge. You have to share this remarkable thing you've made happen. Oh, we don't have to share anything with anybody. In that case, I'm not waiting for tomorrow. I'm leaving right now. Oh, don't, pick. What you're doing is wrong. I leave you, Susanna, the radio, the camera, all of it, till I come back. I'll keep thinking of you. Goodbye. Don't you move, Mr. Bixby. Stay right where you are. What do you think you're doing? Put down that shotgun. I have had no reason to fire this weapon for almost a hundred years. Don't give me a reason for using it now. Goodbye, Captain Partridge. Oh, Daddy! <laughs> what do you know? Missed me with both of them. And you no more than ten feet away from me. You're getting a little rusty, Captain. Are you all right, Dick? Uh, not a scratch. Your father seems to have forgotten that I'm, uh, one of you. Captain, I do not wish to die. Not yet. So no bullet, yours, or anyone else's can touch me. Any more than you, Captain, were touched by enemy bullets in the 1860s. Goodbye. Both of you. I'll be seeing you maybe sooner than you think. Be careful, Vic. Daddy, what are you doing? Reloading my gun. What on earth for? To make sure your young friend doesn't get too far. You know you can't stop him. You just shot at him twice. The bullet missed both times. Well, they missed because I wanted them to miss. Didn't you know that? This next time, I won't miss. You see, he's no more one of us than you or I are one of them. I'm sure of it. But the test. He came through with flying colors. Well, luck was on his side. I'll be back in a while. Oh, don't, Daddy. Please don't. He'll have trouble enough finding his way down through the mountains. Let him take his own chances. You don't have to dip your hands in his blood. All right. But if he should manage to get through and come back here with his newspaper people and others, you and I know what we have to do. Don't we, Susanna? <laughs> Must you make all that noise, Susanna? I'm sorry. I was just trying to listen to some of that music on this radio box that Dick left me. Well, you've been doing that for over a week now, ever since he walked out on us. Give it a rest. You wear it out. If I do, I have this little thing he gives me. A battery, he called it. It'll give new life to the box, he said. All right, but keep it down. I'm trying to read my Bible. And the bill just squeaked by the Senate by the narrow vote of 24 to 22. More news about young Alan Bixby, university professor of anthropology. Bixby. He's talking about Bixby. Bixby says he has incontrovertible proof that the age of these unusual people he's discovered up in the mountains is over 100, every one of them. He leaves to 
tomorrow morning by helicopter with a plane load of reporters, medical doctors, and scientists, including his colleague, Professor Jerry Hansen. They should arrive at the hideaway settlement by noon tomorrow to make a thorough study of these curious oolsters. And now for tomorrow's weather... Turn that thing off. promises to be fair. Tomorrow at noon, the man said. Tomorrow at noon. Round up everybody into the town square. When Mr. Bixby and his friends arrive, they're going to run into the biggest surprise of their young lives. This must be the most godforsaken place on the planet Earth, Dick. <laughs> like the end of the world. Jerry, when I told you I'd find this place... You said I was off my rock. Well, the odds were certainly against you. And when I said I'd find Timothy Partridge, if there still was a Timothy yeah, Partridge... Yeah, 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 I remember. Are, are we moving too fast for the others back then? Don't worry about them. Those doctors and psychiatrists and the others are just as anxious as we are to get to New Jerusalem. They can't wait to start all their tests. Are you almost there? Oh, yeah. Found this bend, and we're at the foot of Elephant Mountain. Oh, good Lord in heaven. It can't be. All those crushed bodies. Dozens of them. All over the place. Like a... Like a huge funeral pyre. All of them. Dead. That girl over there. That Susanna. Big. Big. This man. Here. He's still breathing. That's Partridge. That's Timothy Partridge. Captain Partridge, it's me, Alan Bixby. I know. I know. What happened here, Captain? I tried to warn you. Tell me what happened. Long time ago, our people willed themselves into living a longer life. Today, we willed ourselves into ending that life. But why? Why? There will be no needles jabbed into our flesh now. No drawing of blood to test our bodies. You'll not pick at our brains or destroy our souls. Since we're not animals, not monstrosities, we chose to fling ourselves to our destruction from that high cliff up there. Everybody? Everybody. How could you do such a terrible thing? You didn't... You didn't understand our world. We had nothing but contempt for yours, so... We kept the oaths that we had sworn. I had no idea. Well, of course you didn't. Well, one... One last thing. Have no regrets about Susanna... Your world and hers could, could never have come together. As young Bixby stands hopelessly at the foot of Elephant Mountain, in the midst of an entire community that has chosen self-destruction, he is tormented by the knowledge that it was his own curiosity, stemming from purely scientific interest, that brought this new Jerusalem to its end. I'll be back shortly. If you've been waiting to buy a new appliance, your white Westinghouse dealer is now offering great values on brand new white Westinghouse 1982 models of refrigerators, freezers, washers, dryers, dishwashers, and ranges. And just when you need it most, white Westinghouse dealers are featuring a great spring price-down event on previous year's models, floor samples, and other price-down values. So buy now and clean up at the white Westinghouse great spring price-down. White Westinghouse, we're making things better for you. I'm Lorette Rupi, Director of Peace Corps. In 60 countries around the world, Peace Corps volunteers are sharing their skills and knowledge with people who really need them. But we need more volunteers, and we need them now. Volunteers are urgently needed in agriculture, math, science, and biology. Call Peace Corps now for more information. 
800-424-8580. It's the toughest job you'll ever love. A public service message of this station. And Peace Corps. If you've been putting money aside, you can almost see inflation eroding its buying power. Unless it's earning high interest rates or substantial dividends. And right now, thanks to Dreyfus Liquid Assets, even a small investment can profit from the currently high interest rates with complete cash availability. Think of your Dreyfus Liquid Assets account as an income-earning investment with free checking privileges. Privileges that allow you to pay bills and still earn money till the check's clear. You can even withdraw all or part of your cash by phone. There's never a penalty, never a sales or withdrawal charge. To get all the details, call toll-free 800-228-5000 for a simple no-jargon information booklet and a prospectus including management fee, charges, and expenses. Find out how Dreyfus Liquid Assets helps you get the lion's share from today's high interest rates. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. 800-228-5000. No charge for the call. 800-228-5000. Call now. George Bernard Shaw, in the five plays he titled Back to Methuselah, wrote of a time in the future when all the people on Earth would live in a rarefied society where no one ever died. According to Shaw, that final happy event would take place 30,000 years from now. But who wants to wait 30,000 years to see if it'll really turn out that way? I don't. Do you? Our cast included... Christopher DeVore, Jada Rowland, Arnold Moss, and Russell Horton. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by White Westinghouse Appliance Company. This is Tommy Grimes inviting you to return to our Mystery Theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Cash to a money market fund. Charles Schwab and...